Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you something, people. I'm uh, I'm going to be go full blown LA tomorrow. I've been out here for 13 years, and uh, no, it's not. I'm not going to get like pompous and egotistical because I was that way in New Jersey. But I'm doing this, you know. As you know, from listening after I got out of the hospital a few years, two years ago, I've had been working out and getting getting healthy, you know, and just living a healthy lifestyle. And now that the lovely Joanne moved out because she's always working out, and I have to look good because I mean she's 46 and she's like a size zero size one and I'm bald and cross-eyed so if I get fat people are gonna think I'm really rich that's how I got her but I'm going to LA tomorrow because I'm trying for the first time I'm going to yoga now I've never I sat there I was at my gym and the yoga instructor was walking out and I don't know anything about yoga and the guys at my gym are doofuses I mean you ask them something and they're sitting there they, they have no clue I'm like do you know what class I can take and they're just like huh so I talked to this lady so I'm gonna take I think it's like a stretching yoga so I'm gonna tell you about it next week I'm, I'm a little uh i don't know how it's gonna be because my gym is there's a lot of old people in my gym and i don't old people in yoga I'm, i don't know it's weird but anyway enough about that we have a great show we have a, a ex, she's in a great show she's in a great tv show people if you don't watch it go watch it get it i started watching this show a year and a half into it someone said coop you gotta check this show out and i watched it and it was one of those things thank god it was a half an hour because you, i could watch like the whole setting in one clip and then it was in the middle of the second season and i'm like wait a second it's friday and it's gonna be on sunday so i actually got through the second half but we have kathleen rose perkins from episodes hello good to have you on I oh, just, thank you for having me i appreciate it <laughs> your show honestly we'll, we'll get to your show we'll get to your career and everything but your show is such a good show and it, it's so underrated and a compliment to you oh. with your with your character is when I sat there and I posted that you're going to be on a picture of who's going to be my show oh cool the actually the old Tonight Show head writer Joe Maderos, who's been on the show, was like, "I love Carol." Oh. And another comic, I love. Everyone's like, "We love that girl." Everyone loves oh, your character. Oh, that's fantastic! That's so nice to hear. Thank you for telling me. And my friend Lisa Tucker from high school, because she has short hair too. She's like, "Cause I had a picture." I was like, "She goes, you'll know. Is it short or is it is it pulled back?" And I'm like, "It's no, it's it's short. It's short. It's, uh, yeah, she. I have the Carol. I'm rocking the Carol look. Now, oh, do you, do you grow it longer a lot, or or do you After have to keep it? We finished the third season last year year in in July I had the hairdresser that like after my last shot uh, I got the okay for him to chop it off so I looked I, I went Robin Wright Penn in House of Cards okay. short and then and then have been growing it out since so this is this is what six this is eight months of growth okay so I'm back to the Carol length and hopefully I have four more months before we go back for the fourth season so I'll hopefully grow another inch or so and then they'll chop it back off See, that's, that's that's so cool though but because it, it is it is a good role and it's uh and you, your roles you play it really well and Thank it's you. just it's a uh it's one of the shows and, and we had talked before you came on about Matthew LeBlanc and stuff like that right I I was never a really big friends fan I'll be honest I mean I watched yeah. it but I, I wasn't like oh you know so for me and one of the reasons why I was in the beginning when I didn't start watching episodes was I thought, well, you know, do I really like Matthew LeBlanc? But he's just so amazing because he's such a jerk in this role. And, and you go, this is awesome. But he's he's so like buffoonish and jerky that you just love him. Yeah, and he's so unlike Joey. Right. In this, in this, it is still a character, even though he, he plays himself. Right. Technically, it's not him. It's it's a version of him. It's a it's a heightened version of him. So, um, and you know, like they made they made everything up. He's he doesn't really talk like that. But he, right. 
He's. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great because he's just so aloof and he's just. But you, and you just adore to him. to be able to have the um, courage to play a role that really makes fun of his persona um, oh, yeah. is pretty impressive to me that 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 he's willing to make fun of himself that much I don't know a lot of celebrities or stars that are willing to do that and and do it really well well it's great because it also it gives me like I, I'm a big Kirby enthusiasm fan mm-hmm. and it's the same thing like Larry David I mean you know Larry David's not that jerk I, mean, I know people who've been on Seinfeld. I know Seinfeld writers, and he's not that jerk, but he's making himself look like that jerk, and that's what makes the show so good, and that's what makes episodes just. If his if his character was just very mellow, all the other characters couldn't jive as good. Right, and yeah, if he wasn't willing to make fun of himself, how could we right. all do it around him? <laughs> so so you're we're from- all really fallible, and he follows suit as well. Like we're all just really flawed people. Yeah, but you're all nice people. Yeah, as my yeah, mom would say, they're the- nice. People, well, kind of, <laughs> yeah. Now, now you're from Michigan. Uh, yes, I am. A small town, or how, how big was your town? Small town uh, at 24 Mile Road is where I grew up, which is 24 miles outside of the heart of Detroit. Okay. Um, so we were a small suburb of Detroit. So you're 16 miles from Eight Mile. Exactly. Okay. So, <laughs> 16 miles from Eminem. Now, now, <laughs> when you were a kid, did you act as a kid, or what made you get into this this business? Because it's like I always wonder. Because like when people grow up near like a bigger city, like you know, I grew up near Philadelphia, and and people would go to New York, and you know, people out here so it's very more accessible even you know but when you grow up in a smaller I mean not smaller town but Michigan isn't the hub to entertainment and you don't think of I mean I'm sure there's great high school theater programs everywhere but did you as a kid did you want to get into acting or what did you watch TV um, I grew up the youngest of five children I had four older brothers and so I didn't really I I, they took up all the air in the room with their boyness (laughs) so so I was uh, I whispered everything I said for the first five years of my life so I was not a performer that um, but I did pretend a lot I didn't make believe a lot because I kind of had to I was alone a lot because my brothers were all playing sports and I wasn't really invited to (laughs) play along with them so so I had an imagination I was just really quiet and then in eighth grade we had a mandatory theater we had to do excerpts of on Frank the Diary of Anne Frank. Frank. Anne Frank. It depends where you're from. Frank. Frank. <laughs> yeah, you know. The the really awesome girl that uh, went through so much and wrote a diary about it. Uh, and I got the lead role. I got to play on or Anne. And um, my teacher pulled me aside and said, "You have you have a gift. This you're good at this. So make sure you." pursue it in high school and we had a nice high school theater program and I got really involved with it and by my senior year I just decided screw it I'm gonna I'm gonna major in this and I went to uh, Kalamazoo I went to Western Michigan University. The Broncos theater program. The Broncos. I know that from my friend. I said my friend Ruth yes, Bennett. The uh, mighty, Ruth, mighty Broncos. I, asked, I, sent her, I sent her Ruth. I sent Ruth a message on Facebook today and I said, uh, did you know her? And she goes, I was a freshman, but bring up the Broncos. I, oh, yeah. I, said that I, a- I still remember the fight song. Fight on, fight on for Western. <laughs> I could do the whole thing. Well, you guys have a, a, is it Western Michigan that usually makes the NCAAs in basketball? Or- we, we, we got to the Final Four, didn't we, this past weekend? 
No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think you guys are. You guys, you have a good basketball team. Yeah, yeah. So, so where, where is this school at? It's in Kalamazoo. Okay, now Western Michigan University. Yeah. And so now it's. I, I just read, as I said, I always tell my listeners that when you read Wikipedia or IMDb, some of them are wrong. But I guess you. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, some of the things are just like they say something. You go, what the hell? But, yeah. So now you studied. There was a very uh, legendary theater teacher in, in in Western Michigan, or legendary. I guess they um, said his name. I I don't know. They said. Uh, where I got, I don't know, uh, Joseph Abel. Oh, that's my high school um, oh, theater. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's that, <laughs> that was one of his students who lovingly called him legendary. Okay. Um, on, and yeah. Yeah, one of my, um, yeah, yeah. So he he was legendary to us okay. in a very small town in the middle of Michigan. But, uh, you know, who cares? Legendary works for even on the small scale. Exactly. You know? So you go to Western Michigan, now you get in the theater department. Now, yeah. Now what kind of, are you, are you, do you have an idea what kind of acting you want to do? Or are you saying I want to do stage or do you have a Well, you have I knew I wanted to be on stage, not backstage or behind the camera. And um, I could sing and dance a little bit. So my first year I was a theater major, but then I transferred to the musical theater department my second year and decided to just learn how to sing, dance, and act so that I would be a triple threat is what they call them. And um, I didn't... I'm. I've always loved film and television more so than theater, but I but that's all I had. They didn't have a real big film and television department okay. there, so uh, and I just figured I needed to hone the performance quality of it, um, and then I would move to LA and learn how to be in film and television. Uh, I, I didn't think that there was that make it big of a difference. But there is. Performance is performance, right. right? But there is. There's huge difference. So when I got out here, it was a big learning curve. And I did extra work to figure out what happens on a set. So when you graduated, once yeah. you graduated college, yeah. did you say, that's it, I'm getting out of Michigan, I'm going I'm going to L.A.? Or, no. Or, and no. Had you, had you been to L.A. Some, before? Uh, I did like regional theater in the Midwest for two years, and it was all musical theater because I was being, you know, I was auditioning and then getting these offers, uh, and it was, it, was a, it was a paycheck, so I couldn't pass up on it. Um, but then after a couple of years, I was like, I, I really need to pursue the, what I really, really want to do, and it was film and television. So I, I came out here for no reason other than I wanted to work in film, film and television. I, I wasn't coming out for a job, or <laughs> which, and I had no money, and you know, I, I lived in the grossest neighborhood in Hollywood. Which, which neighborhood? Uh, it was at uh, Santa Monica and Wilcox. Oh yeah, that's bad. yeah, not a great yeah, neighborhood. But yeah, it's not. Now, did you drive across country? Is that how you got I here? I did. Yeah, yeah. Now, Loaded now, up a car with all my earthly belongings. <laughs> now it must have been scary, but it also must yeah. have been very exciting though, because you're starting yeah. this whole. I mean, you're sitting there and you're doing, especially you know, it. I mean, did anyone else from your area, your school, would say we're going to L, uh, L.A. to act, or were you like the only yes, one? Yes, my. Um, I had a. I had well not to act. I had a, a roommate who was really into living in Southern California. She just always wanted to feel like be in good weather because Michigan does not have good right. weather for like for the entire year. So she just wanted to have live here just for the regional part of it. The the you know where it was located, not 
because of the business. Um, so she moved out a couple of months before me, secured an apartment, and the one at Wilcox in Santa Monica, and then I moved in right with her. So she did all the hard work, which I'm really thankful that she work, did. Yeah. That. Well, you know what's weird when you move out here? It's you don't. It, it's like because when I first visited out here, I was living in, in San Diego, and I came up to be one of my buddies. And you know, growing San back, Diego's so nice. I, me and my ex-wife lived in a gas lamp, and it was yeah. great. But it was, uh, but she was crazy. So uh, <laughs> that's but, fun. Yeah, but uh, no, what's amazing is when you come out here, like back east, and I'm sure back from Detroit, like growing up, going to. I mean, I grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey, but we're 10 minutes from Philadelphia. When you go into Philadelphia, you know when it's a bad area. Like in Detroit, you know, yeah. you know it's like there's a big tenement. You mm-hmm. can just tell. But in L.A., you can't tell because no. it's all, it's everything's mixed because there are young actors and there's just, there's families. And it's so weird when you come out here, you're thinking, oh my God, wait a second. And I mean, I was, when I was looking for apartments, I looked in North Hollywood and I was like, my friends were like, thank God I ended up in Burbank. <laughs> But, uh, but I mean, North Hollywood's not bad, but there's some areas but like where I was looking on my rent, I was sitting there going, wait a second. And you're, you can always tell the area when you're driving, you see, start seeing a lot of check cashing places. That and, and fast like food donut. Yeah, donuts. <laughs> donut yeah, the, the donut king and the, and the yum yums. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you see yeah. a yum yum, you're like, even in Burbank, there's a yum yums and it's like, yeah. it's in the Bay Area. You go, oh, you know. No, it's so good. <laughs> so, so, so you move out here. And you're you're you know you're a little bit nervous, but now you yeah. know what you're going to do. So so what is your first move? Do you say I'm going to get headshots, I'm going to get a day job, or what do you do? Well, I I did background work. I was an extra. Uh, I signed up with a company that basically did temp, like was a temp agency. So for that was extras. your first job. That was your first job. Yeah, just to um, because I also at that time, if you got these three magical vouchers. <laughs> You could join the union, and it was all about the union. You couldn't really do legitimate work unless you were unionized. So, and I wanted to be in SAG. Uh, I also bought into AFTRA. Now, how do you buy into AFTRA? <laughs> well, back then, you'd pay $1,000, and you could just be a member of AFTRA. Okay. Um, you didn't need it to, you know have any work stubs or any of that kind of stuff you could just buy into it and and at that time a lot of us thought well at some point they'll merge SAG and AFTRA (laughs) (laughs) which didn't happen until like years and years (laughs) like last year year. (laughs) but this was 15 years ago for me and I was thinking like next year maybe they'll merge and I'll just be part of SAG then but it was just such an elusive thing and also yeah, you had to get headshots and you had there was so much money involved and like yeah, you should probably get into the groundlings or you should or you should take a class or and I you know, I was making hardly any money. Uh you don't make any money as an extra, especially a non-union. But extra. like the SAG extras do pretty good. Like I see it on yeah, LA casting it's like you know, if you're if you're if you're a non-union extra it's like Eight hours, oh, sixty-four bucks. Sixty-four dollars. If, if, if you're union, eight hours, three hundred and twenty-five bucks. Right. And you're going, so, wow. Yeah, and it makes sense when you become unionized that like that's a, not a bad gig to no, spend. You know, just reading the newspaper and once in a while going in front of a camera and pretending to talk to somebody else, <laughs> or be you know behind the 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 real people. But so did you get did you get your sidecar from? Did you get the vouchers? I did. I I did. <laughs> Now, how long did that take? It was, I, oh, it was so demoralizing and and hard because at the end of the day or in the middle of the day, at some point you had to go up to the second AD and go, look, I'm, I'm really trying, like, you had to hone this way of 
of selling yourself in a way and, and flirting. Like if you were a young woman and the and the second AD was the guy, he was the one holding these magical and they have, tickets. They have, they have <laughs> attitudes. Like they, they're like full of themselves. It's like, dude, you're a second AD. Drop the attitude. You know, it's, I don't know if you notice well, it. I mean, it's like they're sitting there, oh yeah. They had they, power over yeah. us and they had what we needed. If we were really... Um, if you really wanted to get in the business and you weren't going to get taft Hartleyed anytime soon, which, you know, would have been great, but I didn't have a, 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 an agent to get me into jobs that or auditions that could potentially give me a taft Hartley right. into the... So it was the only way in. And I had to, you know, like flirt and I had to I had to just beg and ask oh, look I'm really trying to become an actress and I want to get in the union do you have any SAG vouchers left over and it's it's so that's the worst <laughs> well yeah because it's like you feel yeah it's like it's like you almost feel like a homeless person you know you're like it is you're like okay can I please 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 and it's and it you're is. right and some of these people are just such egotists that they probably say, oh, yeah, like, hey. And I, I just, I'll tell I know you this. one story. Yeah, one please. guy um, sat, there were three of us who had asked for it during the course of a day. There were three young women <laughs> who asked for a SAG voucher. And this second AD um, sat us all down at the end of the day and, and said, okay, I only have two um, to give two of you. Uh, so one of you has to kind of go without and I'd like, I don't want to determine who does, so can you guys figure out who who gets the two vouchers and who goes home with just a non-union paycheck contract or whatever. And I, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't the big, I wasn't a big person. I didn't go, you know what, you girls have it, don't worry, I'll get the next one. I was so hungry for it that I was like, I really need it, I want it. <laughs> And there was one girl who said, "It's okay. I don't. I don't have any. I'm. I'm so far away from getting my, uh, you know, number n magical number three. So you guys go ahead and have it." And then he said, "I was just kidding. I just wanted to see what y'all were gonna do. So here, you all can have what a one." Dick. Yeah, and it felt dirty. I felt like such a, a jerk throughout the entire thing. Like you're begging for one, and then he says. Only two. It's like Sophie's Choice. Yeah. And I was like, take the girl, take the girl. And I, I, I felt so awful. But it was one of the SAG vouchers that I got that allowed me to join the union. So you get in the union. And nothing happens. No. Well, no. I mean, well, it's, it's, well the, did you find yourself getting less extra work? Because yeah. you have to pay oh, you I a lot more. I didn't do extra work after that. Okay. That was done. So I, then I just started to try and do day jobs that would allow me to audition if I ever gotten to got any auditions. I signed up with a... Um, pretty reputable agency, a progressive artist agency, and they they had me for three years, and I, I, I had maybe four auditions a year while I was with them. So I wasn't getting out very much. I didn't have a lot of opportunity, and I never booked anything. And um, no, I was with them f maybe between th three or four, f three to five years uh, I was with them. I can't remember, but it was um, me doing everything from working at a, a, a gym 
as a receptionist, me working at Merrill Lynch as a receptionist, me working at a car auto body shop as a receptionist. I've cleaned houses. I, I, I did so many different types of day jobs. I waited tables for about two months and realized I wasn't very good okay. at that. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I did everything just to try and, and stay here and be able to keep the dream alive, even though nothing was happening. So you're not getting any auditions. And now, when did you ask your agent, you know, what's going on? Or did they're, yeah. they're very vague? And were they yeah, very... they, I, um, I don't know. I think they, ha they, I, they have, they have an amazing reputation. I don't know if they're still going at it. Um, they have a, they had a great reputation. They had clients that were working. It was a small boutique agency, but it was a it was a good one. Um, but they just didn't either couldn't get me into rooms, or I don't know what the problem was. And I'd ask them about it, but in a real scared, scaredy cat kind of way. And I stayed with them a lot longer than I should have, but I just didn't know any better. And. I didn't know what to do. If you didn't have an agent, what were you going right. to do? Now, were you getting very frustrated though? I mean, it must I'm be very just, frustrated because you, you have the talent. You I mean you did the theater, you did the singing, stuff like that, and you know, you so you have a background, you have your degree. So yeah, so you're getting frustrated. And so then, did you just decide to get a new agent, or what happens? I started um, taking classes from a woman named Leslie Kahn. She's got a bit of an empire here uh, as far as uh, acting classes go. She's just. A lot of people have been in and out and continue to work with her. She was so good to me in that she, I, I couldn't pay for the classes. So she put me on, you know, um, what is that? She just let me take the classes and then I would just pay her when I could. Okay. Uh, which was a couple of years after I, <laughs> I started taking classes. So I racked up quite a bill. And she just believed in me and she introduced me to... Uh, managers and as many people as she could to try and facilitate something happening in my career and I met my manager who I still have to this day um, I think that was probably 11 years ago or 10 okay. years ago and within meeting him that first week he sent me on eight auditions granted it was during pilot season and I happened to be at the age where lots of stuff was happening um, but I got into eight rooms and I hadn't had that many auditions the whole time I was with my agent. <laughs> and you probably, I mean, it's a weird thing because I have, every once in a while I go out for auditions just for little stuff. But yeah. it's, uh, you know, because my background is stand-up, you're used to doing comedy and when you have a commercial audition, you know, they, you say one or two lines and you're out. Yeah. But for you it must have been weird because you had an audition and then all of a sudden you have like this amazing amount of auditions. Did you feel confident in your auditions because you didn't really have the, the seasoning. Like some people audition all the time so they just go in it's like, and they're like, they go in second nature and you know, whatever. But how was it for you going for those first auditions? I tell you, it's a muscle and if you work that muscle um, often, uh, you 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 feel just that much more comfortable every time you go back in. Every time you go for a workout, you just you're not as sore as you were before, right. and it's this it's it that's how it works. It it even works that way for me now. I have uh, auditions few and far between, and when now even because we're just at a different level now. So so I go in. Rarely, and I'm feeling the nerves that I used to feel, and not as 
worked out as I as I should be like not as practice it's it's a muscle if you don't if you don't work it then it, it gets lazy um, so I got really comfortable pretty quickly because he was sending me he was getting me so many auditions that I just I was going into and you don't have time to think about the one you just were in and what's going to happen with it because you're 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 concentrating on the one that you have to go in for next so there was just some really great freedom and i realized what it was supposed what it was like to be a, an actor that was hoofing it trying okay. to get a job and it was it felt right it felt good and i was within the first month of working with him i booked a pilot that was that was at the uh, Fighting Fitzgerald's. No, it oh, okay. was called Jack's House. Okay, yeah. So that must have been great. Though. So you booked the pilot. Now, now, how was that process? Did you? How many times did you have to go back, or was it right off the bat, or what? How was your whole process? Here's another interesting story. <laughs> My boyfriend at the time, who I'm still with, he bought a house that year, and um, we were together about three years. And he decided to buy a house, but everybody in our social group thought that would make a difference. That would something would happen in our relationship. Like I would either move in with him or we were going to get married or something was going to happen just because he was buying a house. He was investing in real estate. But, but nothing, we had no plans to change. I was going to stay in my apartment. Isn't and, that funny how people like get yeah. involved? Like like when Joanne moved out here, before she moved out, and I was going back and forth for a year and a half, I was like, so once you're moving out? I'm like, well, you know, there's, it's working pretty good right now. I said, I'm not going to have her, I'm not moving back east. I said, I'm not going to have her leave everything to move out here. But everyone always expects yeah. like, when she move, and I'm like, well, you know, then I we knew when the time was right to move yeah. out. And then it's like, because if you rush it and you listen to other people, it screws everything up. Right, right. And if you let something that's exterior, like buying a house, right. determine what you're going to do interior in your relationship, it doesn't quite work out right. very often. So you got to kind of go at your own pace. But it really kind of made this strange uh, dynamo. Uh, di it was crazy how it affected our friends <laughs> him buying a house <laughs> to the point where his best friend's girlfriend um, got into a fight with his best friend because she was so mad that my boyfriend wasn't asking me to move in and if you were buying a house would you ask me to move in and Christopher my boyfriend who uh, he's an actor and at the time he was working on a uh, pilot with a guy who was a writer and he told the story to the writer and he's like that sounds like a great that sounds like a great story do you mind if I write it within two weeks he wrote a pilot that Fox bought and they were going to make it and I just started working with my new manager and I was I told him about it and I said you have to get me in basically right. play myself exactly. to audition to play myself <laughs> i went through a pre-read with the casting director and then two producer callbacks um and then a studio test and a network test all to play myself and i finally got the job and here's the other other little tidbit to that story christopher's best friend also is an actor and was uh, going through the process of auditioning to play the Chris role of Christopher. That's funny. Get this. At the network test, we go through it. We're both there. We're both friends at this test, and we're both like vying to get these roles. Me for myself and him to play his best friend. This is confusing, but 
at he I get the call and say you got the job great I call uh, Heath my Christopher's best friend and say did you get the job he goes it's so weird they didn't see me as the lead but they see me as the best friend so they offered me the best friend job so we ended up playing ourselves that's so cool though. in this pilot that's cool so <laughs> and that was my first big job well yeah but that's a big job and you get a yeah pilot. so but did it didn't get picked up no no okay. that happens <laughs> they a lot. never they get picked up so many pilots so oh, then it's so crazy. You, you're so i think you're on the high of getting that job you know which yeah. is great but then there's also that of not getting picked up must be disappointing yeah well you think everything's gonna go right right <laughs> it's very but i learned pretty quickly i am gonna have to constantly work at this business nothing's going to come easy for me not Ever. I did seven pilots before I, I got the job on episodes. And I've just constantly, even being on episodes, which is, which is critically an adored uh, piece of work, but not, not huge. It doesn't have huge ratings. It's a little tiny show, and we do it very, you know, rarely. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell the problem, problem with episodes is only, only 10 episodes. It's There's like only, a, yeah. Or eight. Or nine, nine and so you episodes. sit there and you're like, because I hate that. And the one thing good about episodes, we'll get, to, we'll talk about episodes, but one thing I like about episodes was, because uh, I'm like, you know, on, on demand on Showtime, on Charter, you could watch the week before on the Monday. Mm-hmm. So, like, your season finale was just, I think, this past week or I saw it was it was two Sundays from now I, yeah I saw it like the Sunday before it even came out because you can yes. do that which is great because I sit there because you know I just when I when I get addicted to a show I'm like I want to see it you want to like, see with, it like true detective I'd be like I just got to see it you know and it's yeah just, it's weird so okay so you get these seven pilots now now you, you when does the fighting Fitzgeralds which must have been cool you, you were you were cast as a role in that I was. Christopher, my boyfriend, was a series regular on that show, and he passed my headshot and resume over to the casting director, and there was a part that I was right for, and they brought me in, and uh, and I, I got the job, thankfully. Well, that was, it was Ed <laughs> It was Burns. a small co-star role. Um, yeah, he was, the, he was the producer, main producer on the show, and it was Christopher's big, first big gig too so well you think that showed them better just because ed burns is connected yeah like, it, it was only and brian for- dennehy was the it was about this great family um and brian dennehy was the lead you know the father of the family who's just a fantastic oh, actor amazing funny and brilliant and also incredibly grounded and i don't know why but that's the thing is i i don't know that there's any rhyme or reason to a lot of these shows being successful or not being successful and and how much time they each network gives each show to get successful and not some are just ripped off within two episodes airing and it's so lame because like you think about the history of tv you know cheers was a bottom rated show seinfeld was a bottom rated show and look at they they were classics i mean cheers was at the bottom of this first season seinfeld seinfeld was seasons it took for them to get anybody to watch seinfeld was called the seinfeld chronicles (laughs) but then they had to change it to seinfeld because there was a show called the marshall chronicles which we all know did so well for abc but they had to change the name so (laughs) so the pilots so what were some of the other pilots you were were they all comedies or were, were there dramas? Or were you they were both? all comedies. And two of them did get picked up. Uh, 
I did not get picked up with them. I was fired from both the pilots. I got now, now, how does it happen though? Because I've had a few actresses, uh, actor actresses. What, are, what do people like to call it? Actor or actresses? I don't. I don't know. care. Because I, I write on my, when I do my <laughs> when I do for my website, I always write actor. Because I don't. I don't I, That's me, probably the safest way to go. Because there are some women who are. I'm not yeah. an actress. I'm an actor. Right, I'm, yeah. I I don't really care. But some people said like the fire. So what happened? But how did you get fired? I mean, did you? Was it? Uh, it was um oh two two pilots. I was. I was I was cast in a pilot uh, that was called Rules of Engagement. <laughs> it wasn't called that at the time. It was the Tom Hertz Project, and then I know, they, then I they know named Tom. it. I know Tom from Do doing you? stand-up okay. years ago. He's from, I used to work with the same club with him in Virginia. Yeah, and um, it was a pretty good... We, we shot the pilot, and then they picked it up for a mid-season replacement uh, type of deal, and... And then within two days after learning that it was picked up, I found out that I wasn't getting picked up with it, that I was being fired. And they recast, they ended up recasting three of the five series regulars. So the only two that stayed was um, Putty. Uh, uh, yeah, David, uh, Wal- David Walton and Wal- the woman who plays his wife. Okay. And then everybody else was new. Um, and uh, it was devastating. It was and I never really got a real reason. I, I know that I probably tested poorly. Um, I don't know why. Um, there was only one person, one producer out of the uh, you know network in the studio and all those people called me personally and he just said, it came down from the top. I have no idea what that meaning, you know. The, right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but good luck and, you know, we thought you were great so don't worry about it and don't take it that personally but how can you not take it personally so it was really rough yeah it's just I mean it's just that's the thing about this business you know you get there's so much rejection I mean it's even when you oh. think you get to a certain level you have this pilot then and I'm all I'm gun shy to this day on every project that I'm a part of. I feel like I could be fired. I still feel like I could be fired from episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't be fired. Everyone loves Kyle. You can't be that? fired from episodes. <laughs> but I still feel it. I still feel. Um, and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, because I show up on time, knowing my lines, I'm so uber prepared because I just don't want to lose my job. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, the episode. What, what was the other uh, pilot? What happened with that? Uh, you know what? It was a lifetime pilot, and that was it. Happened in the same year. It was one of those ones that they were casting in the fall because they wanted to get a jump on it, and they were lovely. Actually, it it. We, I, they cast me, and after the table read, fired me. But it was so many people called, like the casting director, plus the all these people who were, you know, the producers and people over at the network and the studio. They called and said, "It's not you. We have to go a different way because you're too similar to the 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 other girl, um, and we need something really different." And what they cast was very different. I ended up. I ended up doing a pilot with uh, the girl that recast. They recast. Oh wow! <laughs> last year, <laughs> I, I worked with her last year, and, and as soon as I saw her, I said, "You stole my job." <laughs> she, and we laughed, and and she had a great time on that, and she was fantastic in it. I ended up watching the the pilot because it did air, and and she was great, and I got it. I understood what they were going for. They needed something very different. Um, from from me and 
um, I was lucky to just get the job because they still had to pay me <laughs> even right. after they fired me. So I bought a car. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't complain. <laughs> so, so you're doing, it's so funny because I look at your resume and you, all the pilots you said you were uh cast on were uh, comedies, mm-hmm. okay, and then some later down the road, you seem to go out for more dramas, like when you do your episodical, like like with uh, NCIS and stuff like that. Um, well, here's the deal. I could never play a cop or a lawyer because I- Why could you play a lawyer? I, I think I could, but I've never been cast as one, just because I don't think I bring that presence into the room. But as far as the guest spots go on those shows, they all have to cry or be a killer or, you know, there needs to be something a little quirky and off about them or they need to be really um, victim victims. They're victims. They're killers. They're all the and I can play that. I can't play that straight straight laced. You know what? I'm not going to say I can't play it because I believe that I can. I just have never been cast as that because you, you could have been Isles and Rizzoli and Isles. I think so. You definitely could have been Isles. <laughs> I don't even know why my girlfriend watches Rizzoli and Isles. I, I watch it, but I'm like, eh, but it's like, I you know. could have been there Isles. Are, there are some that demand quirkiness, but I'll tell you, coming up through the you know the ranks and doing all the pilot seasons, I went in for my fair share of of series regulars on drama sh- dramas and and I was never cast I was always cast in a comedy as a weird female character <laughs> what what was it like when you first and I see like you've been on Nip Talk and Grey's Anatomy and stuff like yeah. that what was what was it like when you were actually with the background of a comedy what was it like when you actually were playing a drama I mean, because it's so and it's probably shot so different because you know Half half hour show is quicker. And what was it like for you? Well, you're a stand up comedian, right? So I firmly believe that anybody who can be funny can be dramatic as well, because the a lot of funny comes from fear and and anger and sadness. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That might be a weird statement, but I might no, be going too that. far for that. But but I think that you, if you know funny, you know emotion, you know. You know all those other emotions. I really do believe that. I also believe that not every dramatic actor can be funny. I, 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 don't I agree think with it that translates. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, um, I've been. I was so lucky uh, in the last, you know, the first ten years of my career that I would be able to, you know, go from a fun a comedy to a drama. I feel comfortable in both both worlds I love to cry I cry all the time in my personal life so why not cry on camera on cue it's a really big challenge it's just as challenging as it is to make someone laugh I think so I like them both and um, I've never felt uncomfortable in either I do need I need to bounce back and forth because too much of funny or too much of heavy drama sadness I can't take it it starts to play with my psyche and I get either depressed or I don't take anything seriously <laughs> that's funny now, yeah. but, um, as I look at your resume I mean you were you were on you were in some really good shows I mean you know yeah. I mean the guests I mean you know the CSI's which you know, did you have any scenes with Caruso when you were in CSI Miami oh <laughs> That was one of my first, very first things. I had two lines. Still though. But with Caruso, I did actually say, and I had glasses on, and I and I was a tech, one of those techie gals, and was like searching for the 
phone call and trying to trace the phone call and ah, oh, we lost him. Landline. That was my line. <laughs> well, I just uh, who was it? Uh, do you know Brian Stepanek? No, I don't. He's he's been uh, he was um, in Zack and Sweet's life. He's uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. You know, if you saw, him. I'm sure I'd recognize. But he him did him. an episode with Caruso, and he yeah. said it's amazing because you know most times you do it, it will take like two or three takes but Caruso is such a perfectionist he's like it took like 45 takes really and Caruso just kept and he's just and Caruso was like he ran him perfect but he was never happy with what he was doing Caruso was just wow. not happy with the brands but Caruso was never happy with himself wow so he, and he's like he goes yeah, he goes the guy just must walk out of that set just exhausted because yeah. he puts himself over there rakes himself over the coals that's pretty impressive that you can because television moves at such a fast pace they have to because they got to do it within eight days and a whole you know episode so that that's crazy those must be long hours for that cast and crew I just love Caruso because he's just such a with the glasses he's it's a so, character it's so tongue in cheek and it's just yeah. so good because you watch it and there's actually on YouTube you can find like the best lines of Caruso and someone spliced like uh like five minutes of his taking his glasses <laughs> off like judge juror and executioner <laughs> won't get fooled again it always goes to that and it's just so funny it's so great so I'm looking through your resume okay you're on Castle I was on Castle yes I'm a fan of Castle the only thing I have about Castle is I noticed those two are lovely aren't they I heard they're great but what's funny is he you know every year like seems she gets sexier and he gets fatter it's yeah. like it's weird. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? It kind of uh, it kind of shows what happens in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> men can men can grow 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 in more ways than one, and and women have to stay pretty. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're working the, you know you're working these guest spots. When is it when you start? When is your first show where you come somewhat of a regular? Oh boy, I don't know. There was a there was a handful of shows. Well, till death, I did the most recurring. Uh, I did like 12 or 14 episodes out of their last season, and I was a real presence as a character on that, with on Brad that season Garrett. with Brad Garrett. And Steve Scrobam yeah. was one of the writers. Yeah, and I was I played a really crazy principal, a high school principal, who um, was determined to make Brad Garrett's life a living hell because I was his student um, from way back when, and and he made my life a living hell in high school. So I I was I was back for revenge, and I ended up being in a relationship with Martin Mull of all people. That's just it so. Was, uh, it was a strange show. But it's a cool Martin Mull's great. Oh my gosh, he's a legend. He's amazing. He's a legend. And he's he, a legend. He's one of those legends, which it bothers me, is one of those legends a lot of people don't know who he is. Like, they, Everybody you, knows They know his face, face yeah. but they don't know, like, if you say, if I was to say something like 25-year-old, oh, yeah, Martin Mall, they'd be like, what? And then you sit there, you know, it's like, he's sort of like that yeah. Howard Hessman type. You know, like, they have these great careers, and people just don't really know them. Like, yeah, yeah. What was it like working with him? He was fantastic. The nicest guy uh, doesn't know, didn't care about cell phones. <laughs> So hated emailing um but he's an amazing artist as well which his i i, I would say to everyone you know check out his art because it's really cool and um just the nicest guy the mo very giving as an actor uh you i was i was it was a privilege so when you're on till death and you're playing this 
you know, crazy. Weirdo. Well, the, Weirdo. The, the way TV works a lot is people remember the weirdos. So yeah. were, you, were you starting to get recognized? I mean, in public, were people like, oh my God, there's that crazy? Because I've heard when I people have, play a crazy. There's been a couple of people who have recognized me from that show. I wear I wore glasses on the show, so and I don't wear them in real okay. life. So um, I, you know, uh, but um, I shot the last episode, the last scene that I was in on the last episode of that of that season of their actual last episode because they never aired uh, shot anymore after that one that season I went to test four episodes that same day after you wrapped up an episode I of wrapped a TV up show of Till Death. Till Death and then went to um, to Showtime the headquarters of Showtime and, and tested and to um to ease, because I had a lot of nerves. I really wanted that job. Episodes? Yeah, well, did, yeah. Did you, know, did you know the whole, it was Matthew LeBlanc? Did you know all that? Or, yeah, or I was, knew it was okay. already picked up. It wasn't a pilot. It was okay. like, it was a show that they were doing. And, and they were going to shoot in London, and I wanted to do that really bad. So I was so nervous. I said, I got to start, I got to walk in there with the story. And I just came from set where I was dressed up as a cheerleader, um, handcuffed to Martin Mull who was dressed as a preacher and we were also handcuffed to a little person so it was one of those three way handcuffs because apparently we have this really kinky S&M relationship and we all know that people always bring in little people it's, you know, it's, yes. it's a given I, I, I read it I read it on uh, the, the kinky handbook I read that so yeah and my one line was to just chant you G-L-Y you ain't got no alibi because I'm I'm dressed up as a cheerleader, so I do a cheer, the really crazy cheer. And so I thought, I'm going to lead with that. <laughs> and I walked in and told them about my day, and they all had a great laugh because that's just ridiculous. Who spends their day, you know, handcuffed to Martin Mall right. and dressed like a cheerleader? With a midget. With well, a little, 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 little person. person. My, my bad people, I'm sorry, it's a little person. Yes, yes, it is. That's the technical term. <laughs> and... Um, and then we, and then I, I shook off all the nerves just by telling that story. And then I, I did the audition and I got the job. Like an hour later, they called and said, you got the job. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to London to shoot an actual series, not a pilot. Uh, that's, it was so exciting. Because you knew they're already, you can't. You can't get fired. Right. Well, I could have gotten fired. Yeah, of course I could have. But at least I was going to be, if I made it through the table read and started uh, shooting, then I was going to be put on air. We were going to be on air. Now, had you been to London before? No. Okay, so that must have been really exciting. So exciting. And and just, so I'm a very anxious person. So my, and I had, I had booked the job in February and wasn't going there until May so I had three months to get really nervous <laughs> well, why, would, why would you get nervous it's just I really wanted to prove myself okay. and um, I wanted to do a good job and I wanted to it to go well and you know the they had written the entire season prior to casting it they and when we got there to London the day after we had to do a massive table read of every one of the scripts the entire season which was seven episodes which doesn't seem like a lot but it is a lot and 
we we started it was three and a half hours of us reading and entertaining and that doesn't happen here in america in america we we you know you go for the pilot and you read one script which is a half hour long or an hour if you're doing a drama and that's it but if you have seven scripts you have to do a great job all the way from beginning to end for three and a half hours or else you get fired or you could be fired. Right. And you know, me, I had had that experience. So that's so going I in think, the back of your head yeah, too. You always... It's always a possibility. Every set I walk on, it's always a possibility just because I've been through it. So, so I, yeah, it was really nerve wracking. Well, it's, it's... And I'll have to say, there, were two, there was a, a woman who was fired after that table read. Um, and replaced. Uh, so it did. It did happen, unfortunately. Um, and I, I got a, I got a hold of that woman to say, I'm so sorry. I've been through that before, and it, and it sucks. And I'm really, really sorry. But yeah, it was a painful one. <laughs> now it's it's based on an English English show. No, it's no. not. Because well, it says BBC Showtime produced. Yeah, they own it as well. It's a, it's a tandem. It's a, a a show that's produced by. Both and owned by both networks. Okay. Now, yeah. what was it like working with David Crane? Because the guys, you know, David Crane and Jeffrey Cleric are the creators, sole writers. They don't have a room of writers that do this. They create. They do everything from top to bottom, um, and they're partners in life. Uh, they're they are. In my mind, I know that this will sound a little corny and outlandish, but they're they're. They're genii. <laughs> They're geniuses. No, 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 David Crane's got an amu- uh, amazing resume. The I mean, the guy, one it, of the sm- I think the they are the smartest writers. They earn every moment. Nothing's outlandish. It's all believable. But it's it's it, they put their characters in character driven experiences and 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 um, scenarios that are really uncomfortable, but earned, which is. Um, not done very often these days. I don't think, I think people, I think writers, a lot of writers don't earn their big set pieces. Be And, you know, it's because the networks demand them to have really big, crazy set pieces that are, you know, that's, I think, in some ways, television mirrors, um, you know, blockbuster uh, film, where they go, just just give us big moments but in in the middle, they have to earn those moments, or else it feels really thin and empty, and it doesn't work. Right. Well, one of the one of the as I say, one of the examples of that is, you know, if, if you if you've watched sitcoms all your life, there's always that, you know, the the misunderstanding. I say it's double entendre where people misunderstand, you know, certain things. But, Jack and, and yeah, Jack and, 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 and Chrissy and yeah, Janet and, from Three's Company. Yeah, but it's going on forever, and you see it. But like with this last season, when you. Uh, when the your boss the the Caster was Soto, just using yeah. you uh, for sex, oh, but God. but it, but it was it was a double entendre. But you never looked at it like oh okay. Like, oh, you're talking you, about around that scene around the car when I come out and say it's hard, and no, he thinks I'm talking about his yeah, erection. But not, but, just, but, not, <laughs> but not even that. Just even the, just the whole relationship. Like oh well, sometimes he doesn't even make me talk. You know stuff. Yeah. I mean, so that's double entendre, but it's done freshly. That's what's cool about it. It's not oh, done like it's so hey, great. where's Chrissy? Oh wait, wait, did you say there's a penis on the plate? You know, like say, yeah, it's not exactly. stuff like that. But that's what must be great with the writing because it is very fresh and it's just... Uh... They took so much time developing this character as someone who is a spin doctor who constantly makes things 
better than what they actually are. She's always, or seemingly better. She's always turning it like it's okay, it's all good. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take you off the air, but it's a good thing. We're gonna just save these because they're right. such good episodes. We're gonna put them on later. That's a lie. It's a lie. But she's constantly spinning. She does that with her her personal life as well. So she knows that there's something wrong with him putting his mouth over his hand over her mouth and making her not look at him right. during sex but she has to spin it like isn't that fun it's so it's so kinky and neat and i'm so into it but she's not yeah it's, she's, it, it she is, knows it's wrong it is a great character <laughs> oh it's great how do you keep a straight face with a girl who's always like Meh. like she, like she <laughs> we don't like, like, like i'm sitting there going as because the guy is okay you know there's a lot of flamboyant characters like that you know yeah, that's fine you're used to that so great. but her character is just so like Mm, we like, don't. We, how do you? I mean, how does? We, how long sets? The, how long does it take to shoot a shoot? Lots and lots of takes. Be and that all of our outtakes in the in the network office area is 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 her making a noise, and then us taking a second, trying not so hard not to break, and then we break into a huge laugh, and we do it over and over and over again. It's just her. Just her face. She just like. I, it's just, so the noises, hard. It's like it's like anything. It's like she comes up and she, you know, this whole past season was just her making noises. She had very few lines. It was uh, it's always written H M M M M in the <laughs> script, and then but she wants to put as she should. She wants to say something behind every mm. right. <laughs> so she. The things that she comes up with, she's a brilliant actress, Daisy Haggard, and she's an English actress, actually. She's not American, so she has to do it all in a fake American accent, plus those noises right. are just it's, brilliant. It's so funny, because it it, it's like anything, any other show, it wouldn't fit, but this, it does. It does. Because you sit there and you go, wow, you know, and it's, it's a little over the top, but that's what makes it funny because yeah. it is about Hollywood. It's like, you know, there used to be a show called Action that was Jay Moore was in, which was a great show, but it was very Hollywood and people didn't get it. This show, I think people get more because it's dealing with People know Matthew LeBlanc's, you know, they know him. So I think people sit there go, okay, so this is what Hollywood's really like. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, they don't make any of those scenarios up. Everything that they've, ex- they uh, sh- show on the, on the show, it, it's happened to them in real life or friends of theirs, writers of friends of theirs. So uh, they're, they're really picking from real life as, as hard as it may seem. They make it sound better because right. it's wittier and it's funny, but it's more heartbreaking in real life. And so it, it, if, if they were going to do a really real rendition of it, it would be a drama because this right. is not fun. It's not fun to be told we're yanking your, your show off the air because it's no good. So when you, when you, the first season was done, how fast did you know that the second season got picked up? We didn't. We had six months. We had, so you didn't know you were out. I didn't like, know. Okay. It finally aired. And then, and then we got a pickup and then we didn't go back into production for another year. So there was 18 months in between the first season and the second season and 18 months between the second and the third season. So I have had so much time to sit around and twiddle my thumbs. Yeah, it's cuz we just uh we have a we have we only shoot for about 2 or 3 months and then the rest of the year 
year and a half, really, um, I I had nine nine or ten months to try and find other work. So it's been a um, it's been an interesting go. It was picked up in 2010, so it's been four years, and we've we've only aired three three seasons. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, do people recognize you now from that character? Yeah, more and more they they have. I mean, it's it's still again, it's a small show. We don't have huge numbers. Nothing like you know. Um, two and a half men or, or you know big bang theory we we just don't do those numbers but in this town especially everybody watches it because right. it's about this town it's about and it's, i love it i love seeing executives and them saying oh my gosh you're playing me <laughs> <laughs> and they don't realize what they're saying with right. that <laughs> statement like that's crazy that's crazy or they say I work right next to somebody who's exactly you. You 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 are doing her, but I'm also doing you. Right. You know what I mean? They don't know that I'm I'm them, and that's why they love to watch it. We have a few minutes left. Okay. Um, see, time flies. I know it does. Um, so what what is coming up now? What are you? I mean, you said you're on audition and you're going out. What what's what's going on now with the episodes? Do you have to do you have to keep a low episodes, profile or do you? I mean, you, I can't do anything really television wise okay. so much. I mean, I could do I could do some work, but but nothing like series regular. And and we kind of really you know with my team, my my manager and agent, we kind of really would like to get more into the movie world. I shot a lovely small part with uh, Ben Affleck and, and David Gone, Gone Girl. Fincher on on Gone Girl uh, in last October. So that would come out this year. And, and I also did a small part with uh, Kristen Wiig on a movie coming out this summer called Skeleton Twins. So I'm trying to find these, uh, these r- roles that um, like I'm kind of rec- I'm kind of somebody but i'm not a big name yet so there's this you know middle world that i have to find the right world right parts um that they don't have to get get a name for but get somebody who's somewhat you know popping and people and people will recognize you oh that's because you always get that nobody knows my name they know that i'm carol exactly i was like because as i said once again i was trying to look for the show i was like i'm just gonna you know and then I sell your name. I said, oh, okay. And so then. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. You don't, because it's one of those shows where. And I don't, I don't, I don't need to be, I don't want to become a household name. That's not my, all I want to do is continue to work um, throughout m- my lifetime. <laughs> well, you have a great resume. Right, and right. You're, and you're so if I can I mean, keep doing that uh, on, you know, and keep not just plateauing but also kind of rising up and going to the next step and and cultivating more of a movie career an interesting movie career and and still doing television that's all that matters um do you, do you like the movies just because the tv's probably more of a, a grueling schedule than a movie i you know what i have i haven't had enough movie experience to be able to c- compare the two i i just love work I could spend every day, all day on a set and be fine with that because I really just time flies when when you're working. You know, oh, yeah. when you're when you're well, up on stage, I, that's all yeah, you want to do. When I interview, it's I sit there, I, I look, and I'm like, time wait a second, flies, doesn't it? My thing is, it goes the the first ten minutes sometimes a little bit slow, not slow, but you're getting to know the yeah, person, you, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you look and you go, 
okay, like for me, I look right now, like, okay, there's 40, just 40 minutes. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm like, wait, I have 20 minutes now. But I didn't get to this. And then you sit there and you go, I don't want to get to this too early. Oh, I know. Because thing, and then, but then you sit there and then it's always like the last like minute It's me, an is art the form. Th- this interview thing that you do, that's an art form. I, I don't you. know how you do it, man. I, you do it really well. I just, I research and then I, I don't write anything. I just say I'm coming in and I'm talking. I have a things in my seat. Nicely done. As I look, I'm looking at your your, your resume here and you, you just talk. It just, it's like anything. But you know. To but answer I, your question though, just a little, that's what I'm trying to do also uh, with the, you know, auditioning as far as the acting world goes and movies and all that kind of stuff. I'm also trying my hand at writing which okay. is just incredibly hard. It's crazy. And I, my hat off to all all writers. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure meeting you. Oh, it's a pleasure Twitter, meeting you. Twitter? Do you tweet? I do. What? I'm at K Rose Perkins. K Rose Perkins. Do you, do, do you tweet K-Rose. a lot? I try to. I, I tweet a lot while the show is airing, okay. and I'm trying to get more often, even when the, the, the show is not on the air or stuff isn't coming up. Yeah, I want to thank you again. Thank uh, you. So people check her out. Uh, what is it, K? At K Rose Perkins. Go is check Twitter, it out. And then Kathleen Rose Perkins is my Facebook. Okay. And follow me at Cooper Talk. Also go to my website, uh, coopertalk.net. There's about 235 episodes. I don't know how many they're up there. Also, uh, you can. You could syndicate. I could. 235 I episodes. And now you can get your Android <laughs> app. Android, the Android phone. You can go to the Google Play Store. It's the. Uh, Cooper Talk app. So you can go right to my website. Also, uh, send me an email, Cooper at Indy 100. I always like to hear what you're thinking. iTunes and Stitcher, type in one word, Cooper Talk. You can find me there. Remember, every Tuesday night at Jimmy's Place down San Fernando Boulevard in Burbank between Amherst and Grismer, I host Crappy Comedy, where I bring a bunch of comics I'm friends with and we just have fun. So check it out. Uh, remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. And don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, and take your vitamins. You guys have a great day.